Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. So good to be with you this morning. My name is Greg. Me and my wife, Amy, are the youth pastors here at One Church Gloucester. Uh, So good to have you with us. My honor to be able to bring part three of our latest series, The Gospel, part two, Everywhere Every Hello Matters. And uh, in part one, many of you might remember Pastor Lisa Daniels from One Church Podsme brought a message called Thou Shalt Party and uh, talking about how Jesus lived a partying lifestyle. Amen. He brought the party wherever he went. And, uh, and we need to do the same, that our hellos should be starting parties wherever. I don't know about you, but I'm up for a party tonight to 8 p.m. Come on now. Part two was last week with Pastor Amy Jordan talking about the forgotten culture and how Jesus was the most joyful person in the world. And sometimes we need to um, forget, move on, and uh, let God's joy reign in us and, um, and bring the party through joy and, and bring the party that way. And this is part three, and we are talking about community over comfort. Community over comfort. Do you mind if I pray and then we start? Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this service so far. We thank you so much for the worship we've been a part of. I thank you so much for every person in this room and every person watching online. And I just pray over the next 15 or 20 minutes that it's not my words that will be heard, but it's your words, God, that will be heard. And that every single person in this place and watching online will be brought closer to you because of what you do this morning. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you very much, Hayden, um, who is actually wearing a rugby shirt, um, which is the wrong sport. Um, if you weren't aware, it is football tonight, not rugby. I know it can be hard for us in Gloucester to understand um, that there is other sports around. There is a semi-round of applause um, there. <laughs> have you ever, I've got a question to start, have you ever been in a situation and realised I do not belong here? Have you ever been in a situation and realized I do not belong here? Maybe you've walked into a restaurant and you've seen what everyone else is wearing and what the waiters are wearing and you've looked down at what you're wearing and thought, I do not belong here. Or you've walked into a shop off the high street and you've picked up one item and looked at the price tag and thought, I do not belong here. Um, Ten years ago, I was fortunate enough to get to go on a skiing trip and um, it was a school skiing trip and there was a good group of us um, guys that were going and out of us guys there were four of us who had never been skiing before and I mean the teacher was like it's okay like any, any ability can go skiing that's okay and there were four of us like yeah no, come on we can do this let's go skiing in South Austria and um, so we all climbed onto a coach and drove through the night and, and got there and when we got there um, at the resort they asked us to fill in a form that basically stated our skiing ability so they could put us into the right group for the lessons and one of my friends who will remain nameless, um, had what I thought was actually a very good, valid point. And and his point was this. If we say we're beginners, we're going to spend the whole week on, like, the kiddie slopes. Like, we we haven't come come to Austria to be on the kiddie slopes. Like, we want to be on the the slalom slopes. We want to be on the mountain faces. We haven't come all this way just to sort of go down a little bit of snow. And so our our plan was that we just say we're experts. And, And that way, come on now. We get to do the proper slopes. And, um, and so we, we, the four of us all ticked expert. And I think our, our giggling gave it away somewhat. 
and, uh, and the teachers were like, they're not experts. But we still got put in the intermediate group, which we felt was like a good compromise. All right, maybe it would have been a bit stupid to go in the expert group. But um, the intermediate group, come on, we're still going to get to some good mountains. We're still going to get to some good slopes. Let's do this now. And, uh, and unfortunately, it became very apparent very quickly that we did not belong in the intermediate group. And I mean, like, we'd not made it to the slope, and my friend had fallen off the ski lift before making it to the slope. It's like, we might not belong here, let alone at the top of the slope. My, I mean, I, I think I probably blacked out a little bit. But um, all, my only memory is um, to stop when you're skiing. Um, what you're meant to do is called the snowplow, if I remember rightly. And you sort of twist your feet inwards, and it should, in theory, stop you going forwards. And I just remember this poor Austrian skiing instructor screaming, snowplow! snowplow as the four of us sort of cover into each other and start this mini avalanche at the top of the slope and we've got toddlers coming into us and locals and and holiday makers alike and it's like we do not we do not belong here and we very quickly got whisked off the slope and onto the kiddie slopes for the rest of the week um, but it was still a great experience but it was like we do not we do not belong here um, I mentioned that me and my wife Amy run the youth group um, here in Gloucester, and we've got a bit of a saying, come on, whoop whoop, um, we've got a bit of a saying that um, is all but tattooed on all of our faces at youth and part of the youth team, and it's something that we're constantly praying over our young people, and that is that we create a place where they belong, we create a place where all our young people belong. You see, we've um, noticed that a lot of the time, young people can find places where they do not belong. Um, because uh, it seems so often, and we've got some incredible teachers in this church, but it seems so often that um, young people are saying stories of how a teacher said one thing to them, and it feels like complete rejection, and they don't belong in that class anymore. Or um, who knows, the playground can be an absolutely brutal place um, sometimes. And, and even, unfortunately, sometimes families and home life can make young people feel like that is an environment where they do not belong. And so we've got a commitment here on Friday nights that regardless of a young person's age or gender or beliefs or sexuality or their behaviour, what they have done, what they plan to do, what they will do, um, that they will belong here for an hour and a half on a Friday night. And um, thank you. And we're, we try and be really practical with that. Um, and so there's, there's things we do. And I'd like to tell you the story of someone whose name I have changed so as not to embarrass them. But Alex... Um, and Alex um, came to our youth group off the back of an invite from a friend. And um, it was a really cool story in that the friend wasn't part of the church. They'd sort of come along um, th- through, through um, hearing about us online. And, and they then invited their friend, Alex, who also hadn't been part of this church, hadn't been brought up in a Christian home. And, and they came to the youth group. And I mean, Alex just threw himself into everything. Like he was doing the games. He was doing the challenges. He was part of the small group discussions. He was engaging in the, the worship we do and the messages like this. And it was almost like Alex was becoming the poster child of why we do what we do on a Friday night. Uh, and Alex signed himself up to summer camp, and our next summer camp is coming up uh, next month, like four weeks' time. Um, and Alex had signed himself up for summer camp. They'd paid for summer camp. Um, they came, and they made a decision to follow Jesus at the summer camp, like complete life change for this person who had never before experienced um, God or church or an environment like this. And what I love about Alex's story is that when I'd speak to them, they'd talk about how um, as soon as they came through the doors, it felt like they were joining a family. And it felt like, you know, and their story was one of bullying at school, and I think they'd moved schools a little bit to try and get out of that, but they didn't really have a great friendship group. But they always said when they came through this building into our environment, it was a family. It was somewhere they could belong regardless of what was going on. How amazing is that? Um, But as I've moved into adulthood... 
Uh, and I know the lack of beard may convince you otherwise, but um, hopefully the fact I've got a son on the front row proves I've at least hit puberty. Um, as, I, as I've moved into adulthood, as I moved into adulthood, I, I've realised that um, sometimes uh, adults can feel like they don't belong in certain places. Um, and actually, the work staff room can be just as cutting place as the playground or, or the classroom at school. And actually, adults can feel like they don't belong. And there very may possibly be people in this room or watching online who feel like they don't belong in certain environments. Maybe you don't feel like you belong um, in church because of something that a leader said or someone on the stage has said or some events that have happened. Or maybe you feel like you don't belong with God, that they love, that God loves everyone else but you. Um, or maybe you don't feel like you belong in your family, or you wouldn't have a, a good friendship group that you know you can connect to, or you find work really hard, and, and you would say that you don't belong in certain environments. And so the question I'm hoping we can answer today, and the question I'm hoping we can look at, is, that, um, is this. How can we create community in a world of rejection? And how can our hellos be heard in a world of noise? How can we create community in a world of rejection, and how can our hellos be heard in a world of noise? And I've got two points I'm hoping will help us with this little study. And the first one is this, and I'm going to state it as a fact, and the fact is this, that you belong here. The fact is this, that you belong here. And I get sometimes we, we feel like we don't belong. Um, but I did a little Bible search, um, and this is what some, just, just a few verses, slightly paraphrased from the Bible, I'm hoping will convince you otherwise. Romans 8 verse 14 says, all who are led by God are sons of God. Romans 8 16 says, we are children of God. And Romans 9 verse 26 said, they shall be called sons of the living God. Galatians 3.26 says, you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus. Galatians 4 verse 6 says, you are sons. And Galatians 4 verse 7 says, you are no longer a slave, but a son. John 1 verse 12 says, to them he gave the right to become children of God. 2 Corinthians 6.18 says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. Luke 6.35 says, you will be sons of the Most High. 1 John 3 verse 1 says, we are called children of God. And 1 John 3.2 says, we are children of God. Come on now. I mean, that took me literally 30 seconds to find all of those examples. And the point is this. You might not feel like you belong, but through faith in Jesus, you have the opportunity to belong. And in fact, God calls us his sons and daughters. Can you get your head around that? You. You are called God's son or daughter. And, um, and here's the thing. Romeo on the front row isn't my son when he feels like it. No, his, his sonship isn't dependent on him waking up in the morning and feeling like he's my son. But it's biological. He's got no choice, poor kid. He is my son. <laughs> and, um, and I know sometimes you might wake up in the morning and not feel like a son or daughter of God. I know that, that you might wake up in the morning feeling guilty or rejected or lonely or isolated. But your feeling does not make a difference to your son or daughtership. That you are a son or daughter regardless of how you feel. It's a fact. And it's through faith. But the point I'm going to try and make is this. That, um, that it's not just that we belong, but that you belong to help others belong. You belong as part of this family, as part of this church. You belong to God to help others belong. And there's this little thought of, um, could you imagine like selfish salvation for me for a second? Selfish salvation is... Um, 
is full of um, comfort but creates no community. Selfish salvation is full of comfort but creates no community. It says things like this. Well, I'm already going to heaven, so it's okay. Like, my eternal destiny is secure, so I don't have to worry about them. And, um, and could you imagine if Jesus had lived like this? If Jesus had opted for selfish salvation? I mean, he was already in heaven. He was already seated at the right hand of God. So it doesn't really matter. His, his eternal destiny is sorted. If he'd chosen selfish salvation, if his outworking of the gospel of the good news had been selfish salvation, he'd have been okay. But there'd be no salvation for us. What I'm hoping we can step into, church, is selfless salvation. And see, selfless salvation is very uncomfortable because it means we have to step out of our comfort zone. It means we have to make an extra effort. But what it does is it opens up the opportunity for us all to step into community. And you see, Jesus, his gospel was a gospel of community. His, his gospel is one where it would happen around dinner tables and at parties because he is, he is opening up himself to community. And it's painful. It got him crucified. But it means we can all enter into this community this morning. Selfless salvation is our challenge. Now, I, uh, I mentioned Alex Stu uh, already in my message. Um, but unfortunately, Alex's story did not end with the summer camp salvation and, yeah, he, um, they're safe for Jesus, happy days. Because um, September rolled around the following year, and, uh, and it was literally as if Alex had dropped off the face of the earth. Like, no sign of Alex. And I remember sort of us as a team thinking, oh, where was, where was Alex tonight? And um, I mean, it's not uncommon for young people to miss the odd, odd night or two. And, and like the first night came and went, I was like, oh, Alex wasn't around tonight. Oh, sorry, I'm sure, sure I'll be back next week. And the second night came and went. And the third night came and went. And September went and October went. And, um, and we, we try and do some things to, to help connect young people. And, and so, you know, there's texts that go out and there's emails that go to parents if they've allowed us. And there'll, there'll be letters that get sent home. And, and I mean, it wasn't like Alex was sort of half in or half out. I mean, this person was committed a few months ago. Like, they'd do the McDonald's runs. Leaders would buy them Costa coffees and Starbucks. And, I mean, Alex was one of us. And, and as a team, we'd invested more than just our Friday nights into him. We'd invested everything into Alex. And it was like, what, what's going on? And, um, and 18 months passed. And I remember the... It is like a rejection you feel as a leader. Because it feels like you've done everything you can, um, but they've turned away. And I get the, the uncomfortableness of it. I, I get it when you feel like you've done everything to make your hello matter. I get it when you feel like you, you're shouting your hello in a world of noise, but not getting a response. I get it when you're trying to live a selfless salvation. Um, and it's so uncomfortable when it almost feels like the community you're trying to build is rejecting you. Um, and that was a few years ago. But um, fast forward... Um, a number of months, and actually come up, coming up to, to a month ago, um, one of our team members got a text randomly off a young person, and the text was basically, oh, I met up with Alex today. And I remember as a team, we were like, oh, my days! We need to make the most of this opportunity. And so we were like doing everything legal to, to try and get hold of Alex, and, um, and so we'd like sent, sent a number he, they could contact, and, and we... we um, we were trying to like just get, get this person back into the building, like the, the friend that had made contact, like, come on, we need to invite them back, at, back up to youth. And, and amazingly, like, Alex came that same Friday, and it was like they'd never been away. 
I mean, on the same night they'd come back, they were asking for prayer requests for certain things. They'd signed up to summer camp. I think they've paid for summer camp already. Like, they've, they've not missed a night of youth since. Like, they are back in right now. And the point I'm trying to make is, is sometimes we can face this rejection. And sometimes we can live out this selfless salvation. And it, and it will be so much easier to just be selfish with it. And to, to find more comfort and less community for ourselves. But what we're doing is we're missing out on this incredible opportunity to invite people into this community, to invite the people like Alex into this community. You belong here, but you belong to help others belong. Selfless salvation is uncomfortable, but it is full of community. And I believe it's the the gospel message that Jesus himself lived out. Today's challenge for us all, church, is to choose community over comfort. That's our challenge as as a church today through this message, is to choose community over comfort. And and for those of you in the building, I've got a specific challenge, and you might not like it. Um, But for those of you in the building, my challenge for you is to say hello to someone you've never met before. And I get it. It's uncomfortable. But selfless salvation is uncomfortable. But the reward is community. So my challenge for those of you in the building is to say hello to someone you've never said hello to before. And that might be it. That might be the conversation. It might just be a hello in passing, or it might be the start of a relationship, of a community that we're building here. For those of you watching online, you're not exempt, um, because it's a challenge we can take into our workplaces and into our lives Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday this week. Uh, And I I don't know about you, but I find it sometimes quite easy to apply what I'm learning in church, in church. Um, But it's another question to try and apply it outside of church. And and I find it maybe easy to build a community in church because, I mean, I'm on the stage. It's easy to maybe speak to people off the back of it. Um, At work the next day, less easy because I'm not on a stage um, to try and speak to people. um, But my challenge to you is to to take this message and apply it in your workplace and build a community in your workplace. Those of you that are still working virtually, why don't you pick up the phone and phone someone up just to say hello to them at work? Like I popped into um, my colleague's office a few weeks ago and I just sat down and had a conversation with them. Um, And at the end of the conversation, my colleague was like, oh, sorry, Greg, what did you actually want to come in here to talk to me about? I was like, oh, no, I've literally just come in here to say hi to you. Guess what? The next week I'm sat down in my office and the same person comes down to my office and they start the conversation with, I've not actually got anything to talk about, but I just wanted to come and say hello. What's that? That's community. And it took being uncomfortable with small talk. And it took being uncomfortable when they're like, oh, so what did you actually want to talk to me about, Greg? It's like, oh, no, just wanted to say hello. But what I'm doing is I'm trying to build a community in my workplace. And I think it's something that you could all do because it all starts with a hello. We just got to make sure our hellos matter. And I get that it's uncomfortable. I get that it's uncomfortable, but hopefully the promise of community makes it worth the uncomfortableness. One final thought before I hand back to the band. It's this, the impact of your hello will go further than you could ever imagine. The impact of your hello will go further than you could ever imagine. My mum, Bridget, sat on the front row today this morning. Shout out, Bridget one of our grow group leaders here at church. And, um, and really, it's my mum's story, but um, 
I'm going to try and pinch it and tell it as, as best as I can. Um, 26-ish years ago, pre-Greg, um, Mum was walking on a street in Gloucestershire somewhere um, and bumped into John Perry, John and Tina Perry, um, bumped into John Perry. And a conversation I'm sure that started with a hello um, eventually led to an invite to church for my mum, who'd not been up here before and wasn't attending a church at the time. And mum would have come through these buildings and come through the doors and into the building and I sat down and a series of hellos then occurred for my mum with, with different people and um, some people she wanted me to shout out is um, Mandy Dore who was Adams, Eddie Rich, um, John and Tina Perry and the uh, incredible Anders family um, who deserve a shout out and these people created a community for my mum uh, and um, I, I do remember uh, the Anders family literally every Sunday lunch we'd be around there and um, the late great Faith Anders did the best beef roast I'm telling you like my days and, um, and, and, and that would have been uncomfortable for, for Mike and Jenny and Faith to, um, to invite um, my mum and the toddler and later the young child into their home and if you've ever been to their home I mean it is stunning right and they're inviting me into it as like a reckless youth um, and it would have been uncomfortable for Eddie Rich every single Sunday for years, plural, to come and pick us up and drive us up here. There's a time cost, there's a petrol cost, right? I mean, it's uncomfortable doing this. Um, but it's meant that my mum could find a home here 26 years ago. But more than that, it's meant that I found a home here when I came along. And it's meant that I found a home here for the last 25 years. But get this, it's not just me now. Because my son Romeo, who's up in the crash, now he's got a home here. And now he's part of this community. But all of it started with a hello from John Perry. And all of it was continued with the hellos from the Anders and Mandy and, and uh, Eddie Rich. And so I, I know I've set you the challenge of saying hello to someone this morning. But I mean, literally, the person you say hello to, in 25 years' time, it could be their child on this stage shouting your name out as to how you create a community for their parents. Or the person you speak to at work tomorrow or on the street in a few days' time, it could be them on this stage. It could be Alex from Youth on this stage talking about how we created a community for them and that's what this is all about and so when I say your hellos will go further than you could ever imagine I mean a conversation that starts with such a simple word literally has the the power to impact generations I mean imagine the impact you on your own could have with a simple hello imagine the impact your family could have if you could invite other families like the Anders did for us into your home Imagine what this church would look like if every single person that came through those doors met a community of people desperate to go out of their way, desperate to be uncomfortable in their sharing of the gospel, in a practical outworking, making sure their hellos matter. See, I think this church wouldn't just impact a city that way. I mean, I think we could impact a country that way just by making sure our hellos matter. I mean, how incredible is that? The impact of your hello will go far further than you could ever imagine. Will you stand with me, church? There's, um, there's, there's one prayer I really feel on my heart to, um, to close this. And, um, and it's at the point in Alex's story where, um, where there was like the 18 months of them not attending. 
Um, because I, I get that there's probably people in your life that you can think of that maybe were once a part of this community, um, but for different reasons have stopped attending or have left or, um, or just don't fancy coming anymore. And I get that that can be painful. Uh, and I get that the, um, the possibility of being rejected can sometimes be too great a barrier to cross in terms of trying to create a community. Um, but I want to pray for those people like Alex that were once away and pray that God brings them back. I want to pray that your hellos you've already spoken don't go unreturned and that your hellos that you will speak will go returned and, and, and they'll be big and major and, and we'll have countless stories like my mum and me and my son of people who are only part of this community because of your hello. Um, and so I'm going to do it real simple. I'm just going to ask for a hand up if you'd like to be a part of that prayer. There's no pressure. It's not for me to see. It's really just for God to see. Um, and watching online, this is just as much a part for you as it is for us in this room. If there's people that you know of that are no longer part of this community and, and you desperately want them to be in, I'd love the opportunity to pray for you and for them this morning. So if that's you, um, why don't you pop up a hand um, and then we'll pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you are desperate for us to belong here. We thank you so much that you want us to be a part of your family, that you invite us to be a part of your family, that you invite us to be sons and daughters, Lord Jesus. And right now we pray for the, the many people represented here who have maybe stopped coming of our hellos that are maybe not being returned, Lord. We pray that you bring them back, that you spark a memory, that you spark an event in their life, an encounter that brings them back into a relationship and into this church, Lord Jesus. And we pray for the conversations and the, the people we're going to meet in the coming days and the coming weeks, Lord. May you help us get out of our comfort zone. May you help us live with boldness, Lord Jesus. May you help us step out of our comfort zone and have encounters where our hellos do matter, where we're living uncomfortably, but we're outliving the gospel. In your mighty name I pray this and everyone said Amen.